coming up. I remember getting lots of messages saying that I'm only bisexual because it appeases heterosexual men that I get with women. A Gay and a Non-Gay is a podcast from James Barr and Dan Hudson. They're like a lovely little couple, except they're not. It's Pride Month on A Gay and a Non-Gay, which means amazing members of our queer family are up in here. Check out our chat with... Sorry, did you have something to say? I just laughed at saying, <laughs> you saying up in here. Check out our chat about coming out with Out of a Day and our empowering interview with Jake and Hannah Graff about trans love. But right now, we welcome the B in LGBTQ+. It's bisexual queen, campaigner, future lawyer, okay, Han, and Love <laughs> Island alumni, Sharon Gafka. Woo! <laughs> hey, Sharon. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Welcome to a gay and a non-gay. Why is Love Island so straight? (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what? I don't think Love Island is so straight, but I think people portray themselves as completely straight to get on the show, maybe. Uh, Do you think so? I think so, because, you know, we saw in one of the first challenges, two girls kiss, girls flirting with each other, like loads of boys admitted they kissed other boys. And I think it was Dammy that was like, yeah, I'd do it again. It doesn't bother me. Like, why is it a big deal if I kiss another man? And I think I'm not the first bisexual contestant that has ever walked through the door. But I think, you know, they're just logistically less difficult to be straight on the show. So (laughs) this is what I want to talk about, because I'm not really okay with Love Island. And Mm. I'm grateful that we've got our own platform to sort of talk about it. But I, I do think I'm sort of preaching to the choir with our listeners. But I think it is offensively straight. And, and yeah. I think that what we saw in the first episode where Amber and Tasha sharing that kiss, that very much felt like sort of, um, I don't know if that was really showing LGBTQ plus culture or more just like... Played tea. for the man. It, yeah, it was kind of playing... Two birds getting off, basically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so it kind of feels a bit gross to me, almost a bit like what we see on a regular basis online, you know, where straight men don't mind two women kissing because it's hot, but they wouldn't like it if two guys did it. I do agree in the sense that maybe, you know, the kissing was more played up for the guys instead of being a bit more free about their sexuality. But, you know, I, I'd love to welcome more queer contestants onto Love Island. I don't think it's logistically difficult. Deliver your best chat-up line to the girl you fancy the most. You can't do that. <laughs> Why can't I? Oh. I've got a good one. Tash, fancy giving us a Tash. Fancy giving us a Tash. In 2021, an ITV commissioner basically told Radio Times that putting queer contestants in Love Island would be, quote, logistically difficult. And although Islanders don't have to be 100% straight, case in point for you over here, fabulous, the format must sort of give the Islanders an equal choice when coupling up. That was why they called it logistically difficult. Mm -hmm. Do you agree? I'm guessing you don't because you said you didn't. (laughs) Do you agree with that? (laughs) No. So when we watched, is it um, Sophie and I can't remember the other lady's name couple up in, I think it's 2016. Yes. Yeah. They just send more boys home. Yeah. I mean, great. And then bring more boys in. They do tell you when you go through the casting process that you're not guaranteed to be into the villa unless you walk through that door. So you're never guaranteed. Just bring more people out. Yeah. Tell them the same thing. And then, you know, if you have people coupling up with same sex couples and then they change their mind and then go to mixed gender couples and then vice versa, just send more people home. Yeah. I was going to say in The Apprentice, when Lord Sugar fires someone or he might fire two people in one week, later in the series, there's a week where he doesn't fire anyone. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's not. It just balances out. Yeah. And you're saying there's a whole bunch of people that aren't on TV just behind the scenes waiting to go on yeah. on a casting couch or whatever that they've been chosen pre-selected subspent why not just yeah why not just send more in well yeah so i think um some of the people that were in my 
season said that they knew people that were in cast holding and never made it in onto the show. Wow. So, I mean, I don't know how factually accurate that is, but you know, that's always a possibility, right? You know, just carry on doing the same thing, have more people on standby ready to go in. And then if they don't go in, they don't go in. That's a risky take. Okay, so is this show homophobic? To me, it is very much so because I can't see another reason why they haven't made an effort. And they're steadfast in not making an effort. They're doing this sort of bisexual teasing this season by letting two people kiss. And to me, it stinks of homophobia. Yeah, I can know. I can completely get why you would think that. But I think cause, because I know sexuality of some of the people behind the scenes making the show, that's what makes me question that it's not. Yeah, but, but sometimes then... it's the people that are gay that are homophobic. They've had people be horrible to them and they're scared of their own careers and their own position. Now, obviously, yeah. you know people, so it's a difficult position to put you in to ask you that. But I just cannot understand why they are so determined not to even add some kind of queer culture in there. Even if it's pronouns on a water bottle or a queer comedian or a queer performer or a queer voiceover or more queer people. Like if, if it's the contestants that make it logistically difficult, why not have a different energy coming in from somewhere that says this show is open to everyone and for everyone? Yeah, I mean, personally, I, I didn't think about the, I thought about the pronouns on water bottles, but I never thought about having queer people in other aspects of the show. I actually never thought about it. So, yeah, there's not really an excuse to not have that, I guess. I mean, even on the panel for like After Sun, I think it would probably be great to have more queer people on the panel talking about Love Island. You know, I wrote an article saying that the self-proclaimed owners of love love is for everyone. It's not just for heterosexual people. And I think that they should make a clear point of that, especially if they're airing during Pride Month, you know? <laughs> yeah. Right? Thank you, Sharon. It's funny because so many other TV shows are bending over backwards to do the opposite. Yeah. And to put rainbows on everything and to have characters that are gay. So it does feel bizarre how the biggest TV show, or certainly one of the biggest, is just like, no. <laughs> like, we're just not. Yeah. And it, does it feel like that's... You're way closer to this than us. Does it feel like that to you? Is it like, no. Yeah, that is what it feels like to me. And you know what? It's tiring trying to argue for something that sh I shouldn't have to argue over. I remember getting loads of messages being like, what about heterosexual representation? And I just looked at it and was like, <laughs> are you not represented in everything? <laughs> there is space for everyone. They should just try and find a way to make it work because if other shows have been able to make it work. I just feel like um, I love Love Island. I think it's great. I think it's a really funny show. Mm. It's very entertaining. It's relationships, which I'm obsessed with. So it, it lets me down, but it's not just Love Island. It's, it's a lot of it to be honest it's a lot of itv and, and i don't know why that is i don't know if it's because it's so family focused but they they let me down on a lot of levels through a lot of different shows there's often not queer representation there and that offends me and it, i just feel like the only reason for that must be homophobia because why would you not make an effort and they talk about mental health a lot yeah but that feels like they've done that because they have to rather than something they chose actively to want to be passionate about and i'm just i'm confused why they don't want to represent and make it easier for other people because i think if you have a platform you have a responsibility not just to entertain but also to educate yeah of course. And, and to bring people along and it upsets me that they aren't doing that i mean queer representation doesn't make it not family friendly right um exactly yeah and i think you know if they're so bent on great work <laughs> <laughs> if they're so bent on love island being heterosexual because it's logistically easier then why are you not creating a show of a similar nature that does represent the queer community do you know what actually personally i think having a queer love island would be far more entertaining than having a heterosexual love island so much more yeah. funny you have no idea where anyone is gonna go or what's gonna happen yeah. Eyes, yeah yeah 
And I think it will be, will be messy, but I think it will be great. It will be so good. So much more funny, so much more entertaining. But even, you know, even if that's too far, I love Ian Sterling too, by the way, so I don't want him out of a job. <laughs> but just get a couple of, get like a gaze on a Sunday to do some voiceovers. Put you on there doing a voiceover, talking about it, laughing well, at the straight people. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, it's not difficult. Get two queer, gay people, whoever, just to talk about it. Or even if you do like, because the unseen bits. Right. So, you know, like Ian Sterling doesn't have to do voiceover for unseen bits you could just get somebody else there's loads of people like presenters from the queer community that would i think would make great people to do voiceovers for the unseen bits that's the weird and wonderful parts of the show right what about love byland Ooh. oh uh, do you know what, actually somebody asked me if i'd be willing to go on that i actually think i would would you yeah i think i would i think it'd be good i think it'd be great i probably would feel less isolated yeah on it. did you feel isolated when you were on it yeah for a lot of different reasons i don't think it was just sexuality but I've always struggled with like ethnicity and whether my ethnicity made me attractive to people. Um, just because where I grew up, it was the standard beauty was blonde. So I think being there made me think more about what it was like when I was younger and like made me relive that again. So I just, I felt like crap. Some <laughs> quite a lot of the time when I was in there. And you know, my friends will tell you since I've come out, I have not struggled for any attention since. <laughs> so, um, you know, obviously that is an isolated incident and I <laughs> personally don't want to do that one again. But yeah, no, I think in Love Byland would be straight on that. <laughs> <laughs> Great choice of word again. <laughs> I'm not doing it on purpose, I promise. <laughs> A gay and a non-gay. It's not particularly representative of, of anyone, really, though, is it? You don't get any fat people in there, for example, or like... <laughs> um, well, don't sugarcoat it, will you? <laughs> my friend Vanessa, who's fat, she's, she hates it when people don't call her fat and skirt around the, the edges. Oh, okay, so interesting. Great. Uh, <laughs> no, but you've also spoken out about that, about body types and about ethnicity. Yeah, I speak about all kinds of diversity and I seem to always get myself into trouble by doing it. <laughs> you know, I feel like I'm the only one sometimes that's just standing here waving everyone's flag um, on my own, but... You know, I remember getting trolled for sitting down. You know, when you sit down, your your skin folds. It's yeah. an organ. It's normal. I got trolled for that. Wow. For having my stomach stick out because I'm sat down. Like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. That is something I freak out about a lot, actually. I'm so glad you just mentioned it. Because even on holiday, I was like, <gasps> I must breathe in. My skin's rolling over. like, And it's so toxic that I would even think about that but it's because we don't see that yeah i got loads of tweets saying i don't like sharon's body language and i was like first of all the seats in that bloody hot so i'm burning my skin sitting down and second of all it's because i'm worried about how my stomach's poking out when i'm sat down because i know what people are going to say about it but yeah in terms of diversity like people use love island as a metric of what is deemed attractive and what is love and what is acceptable and if you're only making it acceptable for a certain group of people then all of a sudden the population that don't fit into that category are no longer deemed as attractive or desirable yeah. even i felt like that in the show because i'm not conventionally what a love islander looks like all of a sudden to anybody that watches the show i'm deemed as unattractive or i'm leading heterosexual boys on because i'm bisexual so it was definitely the boys leading the girls on from what i saw but yeah that's so toxic yeah i remember turning around to jake at the time being like i feel massive here and i've always worn a size eight as an adult so that's ridiculous for me to think that i'm big when the average size woman in the uk is a size 16 i think i got to the point where i was ready to leave is when i left so i wasn't upset about leaving which is why i find it funny when people are like she's using diversity to get on air and i was like i'd rather not have to talk about diversity to be honest i'd rather it was just there but also like i was so happy to have left what i left 
because any longer I, my mental health probably would have crumbled even further so yeah. you know I'm not gonna listen to everyone when they say oh she's just bitter because she didn't win or she wasn't there at the final <laughs> have you been looked after since you left the show yeah I have you have access to therapy after and I think for me it was really good because I'd never experienced homophobia before because obviously it was my friends that knew they're not homophobic so to them it's just me they're just accepting of that whereas I was in a heterosexual couple after I left and I tried to talk to him about the homophobia that I was receiving and he laughed at me and he was like oh it's not that bad it's fine like you're just being dramatic and I was like well hang on I'm trying to speak to somebody that's supposed to be really close to me about something that I'm getting backlash for and yeah just to sit there and laugh I was like wow maybe you're not the person I want to be with if you can't accept me for all of me and to fetishize that part of who I am that just doesn't sit right with me. So, you know, I really relied on that therapy to be able to talk about that kind of backlash that I was receiving from the show as well. Not just not just my appearance and my ethnicity, but also the fact that I came out as bisexual on air. Well, I don't know if I'm supposed to find out if I like girls and boys, so I don't find out for myself. This was the first time you'd actually come out publicly, right? Yeah, so I mean, my friends have always known. Um, I don't think I ever told my parents. That's the first time my parents heard about it as well. Um, sorry for that, mum and dad. But uh, yeah, that's the first time I ever publicly spoke about it. And... I forget how many people watched it. So <laughs> that was a good move for me. Did yeah. the producers and, and people know about it or was it a surprise to everyone? Uh, I think it was a surprise to everyone. I don't think I actually mentioned it to the producers. Did they ever ask you questions about sexuality or anything like that in, in the process? I mean, they were aware that I had had threesomes and I'd had sexual encounters with women, but I don't think they specifically asked if I was bisexual or anything so. about sexuality. Yeah. Right. They just was just assuming like, did they ask you your, your type and stuff like that? uh yeah but i'm i'm quite my type is literally brunette like, anything that comes <laughs> under brunette is <laughs> like my type basically so that doesn't matter about your skin color your gender anything that is dark hair basically what was the sort of reaction to that both on and off air after you said it do you know what, actually i think the reason why the boys knew it was me straight off the cuff is that i'd made a comment to jake about something in the kitchen when the cameras weren't rolling you know they just took it as you know i'd had threesomes and then it wasn't until faye turned around to me and said so you're bisexual then in a completely separate conversation after the challenge and i was like well yeah i guess i am then i don't think any of the anybody that was part of the cast found it by surprise but i think maybe people watching it back home like when I came out and saw articles and things that people had written or comments people had made about it, I think that it took them by surprise. How do you feel about being bisexual and why is it such an erased part of the LGBTQ plus experience and community? Part of me feels like it's because people think you're either halfway to coming out as gay or there's that weird notion that you're greedy. I remember getting lots of messages saying that I'm only I'm only bisexual because it appeases heterosexual men that I get with women. And I was like, mm, okay, well, I, I don't think so. Unless you're, you're there, which you're not, like how are you gonna know about my, my sex life? So I, personally, I, I don't know. A lot of the biphobia that I've been on the receiving end of comes from heterosexual people. So I've never actually experienced it from like the queer community itself. And you know, I'm still trying to figure out my sexuality and like understand the whole community you know i've always been bisexual to myself but i've never because i've never been so open about it i've never done like spoken to somebody else about it who's part of the queer community and i guess like this is probably the first proper conversation i've sat down with somebody you know i've spoken to queer people and hung out with them but like this is the first time i've had a proper sit down conversation about it so in my own head i'm still trying to piece everything together wow 
thank you. I feel really like scared now to say anything. Oh no, or, don't be silly. <laughs> or put you in a position where you're uncomfortable. Um, it's funny, like we get all sorts of different people on our podcast and we found it difficult to find people that are bisexual to come on and talk about being bisexual. There doesn't seem like there's much representation in the public eye for bisexual people at all. I don't know if you feel the same. Do you feel like you're the only one or do you feel like you do have other people you can speak to? Part of me does feel like I'm the only one because I remember going to events with lots of other reality TV people who are probably bigger names than I am in the industry. And they've come to me and said, oh, thank you for being by representation. I was like, well, hang on, you've been in TV for like 10 years. How come all of a sudden I'm the representation? I've only been on a show for five minutes. And like, you know, I get young girls messaging me all the time, like trying to figure out if they're bisexual, like what to do in terms, and I was like, I, I don't know. So sometimes I do feel like I'm the only one and I don't feel like I do have that person to talk to about it. I would love to have someone to talk. Someone wants to message me and be like, let's chat. i be like, yeah, cool, let's do that. Why do you feel like you don't know what to say? Just because I still feel like I'm trying to navigate it myself. Even though I said I'm bisexual, I'm like, am I bisexual? Because, you know, someone said, well, would you date a trans person? I was like, well, yeah. So does that make me bisexual? Does that make me like... Pansexual. Pansexual. I don't know. Like, because I feel like sexuality is so fluid. I don't just want to stick myself into a box and then just like be there. So like, I'm just accepting as, I think for me, I'm just open to people as they come into my life. So then I just, I don't know how to tell someone else what to do or how to approach that. I think it's very, very hard. Like in terms of like heterosexual relationships I've been in, like I find really that really easy to talk about and explain to people. But in terms of same sex relationships I've had or sexual encounters I've had with women, I find that really hard to talk about. Because, because I found it so hard to come out as bisexual to the public, I don't want to kind of put that onto somebody else and make it harder for them or make it difficult for them. I'm trying to navigate my own difficulties, basically. I don't want to put it on someone else yeah. and make it harder for them. I think that's what I'm trying to allude to. That's such a normal part of being gay as well. I feel that too. I feel like I'm responsible for everybody else just because I'm talking about my experience, but it is your experience. And by sharing your experience, you will help other people naturally. So don't be afraid to to tell your truth because that's, that's how we share who we are with each other and how we all grow collectively. I don't know if that's helpful, but <laughs> I don't even know what I was saying, really. Happy Pride from a gay and a non-gay. I have one more thing I was going to say. I remember when I was growing up, my friends would often joke like, buy now, gay later, if people yeah. come out as bisexual. And I've often seen gay people or lesbian people afraid to come out as gay. So as a way of like softening that queerness, they'll say that they're bisexual in the hope that that makes them like more acceptable to straight people. That's my guess. Do you yeah. think that's quite dangerous? I think that is because then people that actually are bisexual are afraid to say they're bisexual because they don't want people to think that they are on the way to being gay or just using it as a loose term like I see so many TikToks people being like well you know I want to be in a relationship with a man but like I'm physically attracted and have sexual relations with women so I'm not bisexual because I want to be with a man I was like no but that, that you are bisexual you just choose to have hetero romantic relationships that's why I think being bisexual is so difficult that is a dangerous stereotype that you're on your way to something else or that you're just unsure of yourself because I am sure of who I am. On that note, thanks so much for joining us and happy Pride. Thank you. I'm excited. It's my first Pride. Yeah, yes, of course it is. Well, yeah, because it's been gone for a while and now you're out everywhere. So how are you celebrating? I'm going to Pride in London and it will be my first Pride. So I'm really excited. Oh, are you going to wear the bisexual flag? Yeah. I'm going to go all out there. If this is my first one, I'm going hard or going home. I'm so <laughs> excited for you. And thank you so much for like sharing everything and being so honest. And it's been really lovely to meet you and chat everything. And thanks a lot. I oh. hope I hope this conversation helps people listening. And... Do you know what? I feel like it's helped me. So if it has not helped them, it's, it? it's helped me. Oh, that's good. <laughs> thank you, guys. Uh, no, thank you. And we'll see you in London Pride, maybe. Yay. Yeah. Great listening. And thanks for listening, babes. 
do the admin and support gay and non-gay, visit gaynongay.com slash donate. <laughs>